but also anyone that contributed to this project that's made a huge difference in our program. From a recruiting standpoint, obviously when a young man and his family come to campus and they see the investment that we're making to have a championship atmosphere at our place, uh, they see it that has the wow factor and what every recruit looks for. Uh, and, and what I've also seen is how it changes the culture on our campus with our players. In January, when you walk in the weight room and you've got official visits in town and you've got 25, 30 kids walking out around in the weight room on their own working out, that says a lot about the culture of your football team. So this, this, this facility and this investment's made a huge difference after our season is over. Uh, we're, we're embarking on a $22 million enhancement to Williams-Brice Stadium, uh, and I appreciate Coach Tanner and our board and the, the forward thinking that we have and continuing to press the needle to improve uh, our situation at the University of South Carolina. Academically, for the first time in my coaching career and the first time in University of South Carolina history, fall semester, our cumulative GPA on our football team was above a 3-0. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Very proud of our team. And then we, we doubled it up in, in the spring and had another th cumulative 3-0 again in spring semester. So very proud of our team, proud of the, uh, the, the academic staff we have at the Dodie Anderson Academic Enrichment Center and the job they do at South Carolina because those are first for me and the university. Uh, <clears throat> this offseason, I really challenged our players in terms of leave no doubt about the things that take no talent. Effort toughness, discipline, uh, competitive edge to earn what you get every single day and have a team first mentality, which are basically the core values in our program. And, and this senior class, which is a really special senior class to me, we're going into our fourth season. A lot of these guys have been four-year starters, three-year starters, two-year starters, but a bunch of quality people, number one, but really good football players uh, that came to South Carolina in a coaching transition, uh, taking over a team that had won three games. And so they took a leap of faith, so to speak, with us, and, and we appreciate them. But their leadership's been outstanding in holding our team to an accountable uh, standard uh, that, that we need to have in our organization, which we have. And we reset a little bit after after the bowl game and as we went into our offseason program. Three seniors with me here today, Jake Bentley, who left high school early at Opelika High School uh, to come to South Carolina. We were 2-4 and four his freshman year. We inserted him in the lineup, and we finished bowl eligible at the end of the season, uh, and there's no question in my opinion his spark helped us get to those heights, and, uh, and I really appreciate Jake and his contributions to South Carolina. Really looking forward to his senior year. T.J. Brunson from Columbia Richland Northeast High School, uh, a guy that uh, was committed to another school. When we got to South Carolina, we convinced him to come on an official visit uh, and has been a really good football player for us. Makes all the calls in our defense, was elected a team captain last year by his teammates, uh, but is a really good football player and excited about him playing his senior year. And Brian Edwards from Conway High School probably should leave every, uh, uh, every receiving record there is at the University of South Carolina uh, after his senior season. You think about some of the elite players that have played the receiver position at South Carolina. Uh, that's pretty high company. An interesting story on both TJ and Brian. Um, I finished my first press conference, opening press conference at South Carolina. And uh, the first person I visited was TJ Brunsman at Richland Northeast High School. Uh, Jay Fry was a head coach, as a former Gamecock then. And uh, Gloria and, and Thomas's parents came down. And I realized right then we had Gloria. We just had to convince TJ uh, to come to South Carolina. And I flew to Conway that night and met with uh, Brian and John and Michelle, his parents. and thought the meeting was going pretty well. Brian had been committed to South Carolina, 
and he had backed off of it when the when coach stepped down and uh through the middle of the meeting i felt pretty good about things until his granddad walked in and had a clemson jacket on he played at clemson in the 80s so we had to weather the storm a little bit on that one but uh brian came to the you know came to uh, south carolina and has had an, a wonderful career but i'm really proud of this senior class and and what they've done as far as is changing the trajectory of our program and where we're, we're headed um offensively I thought we really improved from 2017 to 2018 in some areas. Uh, we averaged a touchdown more a game, close to 100 yards a game. We averaged more snaps, I think about eight more in each game. So there's a lot of improvements. I think the tempo really helped us. I think Brian and the staff did a really good job of implementing it when we needed to and we, when we felt like we could take advantage of the defense. Uh, but the inconsistencies and turnovers in the red zone were, were really what hurt us offensively from continuing to continue to take the next step. Uh, we had uh, 56 trips in the red zone. Uh, we had 13 times we come away with no points, but we got eight turnovers. And, and those that's gut-wrenching. That's psychological, you know, affects your football team, not just your offense, but your entire team to come away with no points. Uh, we had 21 turnovers overall in a year, so we've got to do a better job of making better decisions with the ball and taking care of the football. We had 20 drops on the season, and if you followed our season, some of those were game-changing moments uh, in order to win football games down the field, uh, change the momentum of the game, and we, we've got to be able to finish on those plays because some of the inconsistencies we had offensively I felt were self-inflicted, and if we can eliminate those things, I think we continue to take the, the next step offensively. Uh, you look back at the turnover margin, which is the number one stat in football other than the score. Uh, we're 6-0 and when we were even or plus side. We're 1-6 and when we were on the negative side of that. So we weren't good enough to overcome those things, and we've got to continue to recruit to be able to, number one, not let them happen. Number two, be able to overcome those situations. Defensively, you know, we flat out struggled. We, we weren't very good. Uh, call it like it is. We went into the season right at 40% of our snaps returning from 2017. Uh, you lose Dennis Walnum in the first uh, game to a, to a cut block, and that now goes to about 30% of the snaps returning. And we had some injuries, and we struggled throughout the year. Uh, but I'm going to really challenge five guys that are seniors up front for us, Javon Kinlaw, Kier Thomas, Kobe Smith. Uh, Danny Fennell and Dennis Warham. Those are five guys that are good football players that have played quality for us uh, that need to have the type senior years for, in, order of, in order for us to have the defense that we need to have. But we need to improve tremendously. Some of the growing pains that we went through this past year I think will be positives for us with some of the game experience that guys probably got too soon. Uh, will certainly be positives for us this year, but we must improve. Special teams-wise, Parker White uh, has been very dependable, a guy that had a tough first year, uh, but came out and worked on a lot of fundamentals in the offseason and had an outstanding year this past year. He's hit two game winners for us, uh, a guy that I've got tremendous confidence in. Joe Charlton, I feel like is as good a punter as there is in the country. Uh, we finished 12th in the, in the country in net punting, and other than a shank against Georgia, I thought really punted well for the season. And we've improved our team speed, uh, which obviously helps you in the space play uh, on special teams. We, you, you're never going to be able to replace a guy like Debo Samuel as far as the return game is concerned, but we do feel like we've got capable guys, uh, A.J. Turner, Shai Smith, Rico Dowdle, uh, and we'll, somebody will win that kickoff return job. 
in fall camp. Uh, but, but, but again, we, we can make some more improvements, especially in Watts. I know people are going to ask me about the schedule. Hell, the schedule is hard every year. Uh, that's the way I look at it. And we got a great opportunity for ourselves to take a step forward as a program, uh, to be in the limelight on most Saturdays in the Southeastern Conference and take advantage of these opportunities we've got in front of us. Because we've, in my opinion, got our best team coming back at South Carolina since I've been there. And we're looking forward to that opportunity. Just as far as the uh, roster updates, Max Yamai has been medically disqualified. I'm extremely disappointed for Max. Uh, he's going to be a really good football player for us, but uh, I don't want to get any specifics here, but uh, a guy that's going to be very successful without football as well because he's extremely bright, extremely intelligent, motivated, uh, got a great personality, and he's going to be fine. Uh, Jalen Dickerson is out for the year with a hip labrum. He had an un, uh, a extra bone growth that was on his femur that caused this. Uh, I've been coaching over 20 years, and Jalen's has two of the most unusual injuries uh, that, that I've been a part of. Uh, the, the, this issue with the uh, in the shoulder, uh, as far as the nerve was concerned, and now this situation with the extra bone growth. So uh, we're going to support Jalen. He'll be fine. He had surgery last week. He'll be cleared for spring ball uh, as we move forward in the spring. Tyquan Johnson has qualified. He'll be at report August 1st. And Jaquez Searles is a guy we feel really good about moving forward, being able to report August August 1st as well. And with that, I'll open it up for any questions. And thank you, Coach Muschamp. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll have Amanda, Jordan, and Sarah again. We ask you to stand uh, when you have a question and give your name and affiliation. So we'll start over here on the left and second row. Bob. Uh, hey, Will. Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat. I actually had a two-part two question. Kevin can help you if you forget the, uh, the second part. But uh, hey, I was asking. You've talked to me before, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't mean that like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Hey, Nick, Nick, Nick Saban needed some help from KT this morning, yeah. you know, so that's good company. But uh, speaking Nine of. Nine years he's been doing yeah. this. I asked him, is this a short straw draw or what? <laughs> How do you get this job? That's a pretty good job. So, uh, speaking of Nick, I think his assistants are 0 16, they're 0 whatever. Did he give you that the, stat? Uh, no, I, I think it's out there on the internet, and, and you get to play them against this year, and, and you guys are all good coaches too, obviously. Uh, do you think any of you guys is ever going to beat him? What's that going to take? Uh, that's part one. And just how do you feel about playing him? And then part two, as I was reading, you've got more SEC wins in the first three seasons than any South Carolina coach. You, you have one more than Spurrier had even. Uh, what do you think about that? And you just said you had your best team coming back. So how do you kind of feel about you know the program you built going into – in the season four, you know, as far as beating Alabama, you you got to go beat Alabama. They're not going to beat themselves. They're very well coached. They've got really good players. They're going to attack you in all three phases, and that's how you've got to approach that game. Uh, as far as beating that football team, Nick's done a fantastic job. He's the best football coach in college football history. The consistency that he has maintained uh, at Alabama is pretty phenomenal. Uh, in this league is very difficult, and uh, but but you got to go beat Alabama. You can't hope and wish something's going to happen. You got to go beat them. Uh, you know, as far as where our program is, it's not where we want to be. I can assure you of that. Our goal every year is to win the East, which gives you an opportunity to play in Atlanta. And if you win in Atlanta, it gives you an opportunity to play in the college football playoff, in my opinion, uh, and to win our state. And we haven't done either one in three years. And so that's something we've got to be able to accomplish. And that goal is not going to change, regardless of the situation or the circumstances uh, at our school. We're, we're striving to win a championship at South Carolina. 
And so uh, we haven't done that yet. Uh, but I am proud of some of the accomplishments, especially, you know, on both on and off the field. Some things we're doing academically, the things we're doing from a facility standpoint that enable you to have a championship program because they work hand in hand. When you invest, uh, kids see that, parents see that, and it excites them to be a part of something like that, and it's changed the landscape for us from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, but, but we've got to continue to work and push the needle forward. I love the uh, things we're going to do for the stadium, uh, and obviously I'm excited about this team and, and where we are right now. But as Coach Burr would say, it's talking season right now. you got to go play and play that way. And uh, we need to have a good training camp and leading into the season. But uh, I feel good about the things that we've accomplished, uh, but certainly nowhere where we want to be. All right, Coach, we'll go back in the center, all the way in the back. Coach, just wondering, I know you weren't around in 2010, but what do you know about the Alabama win, You guys, the win you guys had over Alabama in 2010? Well, I mean, I've seen it on the SEC network several times. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, South Carolina played extremely well that day. Um, you know, Alabama had a really good football team, and it was a big win for South Carolina. I don't, other than that, I don't, I don't know a lot about it. We'll stay in the center section. We'll go right out here about the four rows back. How are we doing, Coach Muschamp? Great. This is Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Just going back to your quarterback, Jake Benton. He is an Alabama native. What are you looking forward to seeing from him this season in having that senior year to he can prepare the guys around him to have a big-time matchup at home against Alabama, continuing that on Jake Benton? Well, I'm excited about Jake going into his senior year. He's played really quality football for us. He's a second lead and returning passer in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, played extremely well at times last season for us. Uh, we need to finish more balls down the field for him, and he needs to do a better job of taking care of the football in some situations. Uh, but I think we've recruited well at the receiver position. Brian Everett is a really good football player. Shot Smith has played extremely well for us. We're going to get Ortre Smith back off uh, where he missed all of last season with a knee injury. Um, Josh Van is a guy that's come on. Rendrikus Davis is healthy for the first time in two years. Uh, uh, Chad Terrell, Chavis Dawkins is a senior, has been a very dependable guy. We're, we've improved up front offensively, so I think we've got some good weapons around Jake to help him be the best quarterback he can be. Which will go over to our right-hand side alongside the wall, three rows back. Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central. You talked a lot about the quarterback position. Is this the deepest group that you've had in your time here at South Carolina? And I guess having guys like DeCarion and Ryan, how is that going to help Jake kind of grow and mature uh, his senior year? Well, again, I think that uh, Jake's got great competition behind him and, and to carry on and Ryan, two very talented guys uh, that have extremely bright futures at the University of South Carolina, and they'll continue to battle through camp, and, and we'll see what, what happens. You know, every decision we make in our program as far as football is concerned is about winning. Uh, so whether it's a quarterback, defensive end, receiver, it really doesn't matter. We're going to put the guys out there that help us win football games, in our opinion, as coaches. We spend a lot of time talking about it and what we need to, to do to put ourselves in the best position to win football games, and those are the decisions we'll make on that. We'll go here in the center section on the left aisle, second row. Coach, uh, Drew DeArmond, WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama. What aspect of your team did you think came the farthest in spring practice that excited you as far as improvement? And the second part of the question, I know you're trying to build a great culture at South Carolina. What are your thoughts on the, how to manage the transfer portal? Okay. Uh, as far as the, the position that I thought came the furthest, probably would be up front defensively. I thought you know young players like Ricky Sandage, uh, J.J. Mbare, uh, Jabari Ellis, 
those guys made tremendous improvements. We're going to get a guy named Tyreek Johnson who missed last year with a knee back uh, in the fall. And I thought we made some good strides up front defensively. Uh, I thought I would say probably the same thing for the offensive line. Javon Gwynn, Jordan Rhodes, uh, Hank Manos, Chandler Farrell, uh, some young players uh, on the offensive line. Jalen Nichols was a guy that came in mid-year uh, that I thought showed some good flashes. So I thought both lines of scrimmage improved uh, a lot. As far as the transfer portal goes, it really doesn't matter what I think because the rules aren't going to change. So I think you just got to do a good job as a head coach of managing your roster. And if somebody wants to be at South Carolina, great. If they don't, go somewhere else. Coach, we'll go over here to the right side on this near aisle, about three-quarters of the way back. Ryan LaVoy, Sports Call Auburn. Coach, last year, I believe, at Media Days, you talked about that you liked your starters up front on offense and defense, but you didn't really like the depth that you had. Where, where do you think that depth is at now, and how important is it to be able to win in this league? Well, it's, it's, other than having a quarterback, to me, it's the most important thing. You know, you, you got to have a quarterback first, and and you got to have depth on both lines of scrimmage and quality depth, not just depth, not just numbers. You got to have guys that can play and be productive. But we've improved ourselves defensively. I talked about the five seniors, uh, but you talk about you know Aaron Sterling's been a productive guy for us. Uh, Ricky Sanders, J.J. Mbare, Jabari Ellis, Devonte Davis, Tyreek Johnson. Uh, you know, Brad Johnson is an outside guy. So we've really come you know come a long way. Zach Pickens and Joe Anderson are two young players that I thought did a really nice job in spring uh, on the offensive line. I, I mentioned those guys earlier. So we're much improved uh, on both lines of scrimmage with better girth, better size, and against some of the offensive lines from a defensive perspective that we've got to be able to block. And I think we're more athletic on the offensive line than we've been as far as blocking some of the athletic defensive lines that we face. Which will go here on our left side alongside the wall. Hey, Will, Dave Matter from St. Louis Post-Dispatch. You get another look at, at Kelly Bryant this year. Do you recall yep. much from when you played him a couple years ago when, when he was at Clemson? Well, really good football player. I've got a lot of respect for Kelly uh, uh, in, in the job that he's done at, at Clemson uh, and then moving forward to Missouri. And, you know, really good football player. Um, accurate with the football, a dual threat guy that can hurt you with his legs as well. Uh, but I probably think his, his best uh, attributes as a player is his intangible qualities. The guy's an outstanding leader. He positively affects people around him. He gets guys going and believing in what you need to do to be successful. And uh, it'll be a very smooth transition for him, in my opinion, as far as that's concerned. And just an outsider looking in, you can see the, the positive impact he's already had on that program. We'll go all the way to the back of the center section. Uh, going back to Danny Fidel, um, where is he in his recovery process, and, and is he going to be able to be full speed when you guys get going? In a yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have everybody full speed August 1st. Uh, Danny will be able, probably on a pitch count early on just to make sure we don't overdo it on the knee, but he's been cleared for everything. And we'll yeah. stay in that section again in the back. Hey, well, uh, Brooks Gabina from The Advocate. Um, Following up on the transfer portal, you know, beforehand when people transferred, I, I assume it was kind of more like who you knew in the coaching field and whoever you, when you hear about players. How much different is it, you know, now that you can just look it up and go find it and, you know, if, you, if you're looking for talent to add to your roster? Well, I mean, again, we have people that kind of monitor, you know, different names that come in, but it's not different in my opinion as it used to be. Normally, a parent or a high school coach is going to reach out and see if you have interest in a player in, in those situations. So it hasn't, it hasn't changed a lot as far as those things are concerned. All right, we'll go back over here to Bob on the second row. Hey, well, uh, Bob Holt again. 
Can I had a follow-up on Nick Saban, because I know you probably don't get asked about him enough. Um, do you, he sounds like he's going to coach a few more years. How much longer can you see him coach? And he doesn't seem like he ever ages. And do you think at some point, just given the opportunities, one of you guys is bound to beat him, whether it's you or Jimbo or, you know, whoever? Well, it doesn't look like he's slowing down very much. The hip injury didn't put him put him out. He wasn't on disabled list very long. He was out there based on what he said in the golf course pretty quickly. So uh, he looks good. Uh, obviously, it's had an effect their wins and losses. They they continue to be successful, and uh, and and I don't you know I wouldn't put a timetable on him on anything. Hey, we'll stay on this left side on the wall. Hey, Will Dean Leggy from Dog Post. They keep flashing your schedule up here. Who who'd you anger to get this this slate of teams all in the same season? No, I'm not worried about the schedule. I'm worried about the Gamecocks. That's all. I'm worried about the things that we can control. And again, I, I think that's why you come to a place like South Carolina, or you come to the Southeastern Conference to play against the best, to be in the limelight every week, and have great opportunities every single Saturday. Right. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a microphone to you. We've got another one here in the center section, about three quarters of the way back. Hey, Will. Uh, ben Brenner from the state. Uh, you mentioned the big green egg. What's your, what's your go-to recipe or, or meal when using it? It's anything you want, Ben. I can do it. Take all comers. All right. We'll stay here in the center section. Commissioner Sankey made a mistake. One of the very few he's made in his. He talked about Barry Odom being the best griller in Columbia, and I'm assuming he's uh, talking about Columbia, Missouri, <laughs> not Columbia, South Carolina. All right, we'll stay in the center section about halfway back. Hey, Will, Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times. Not a food question, another transfer portal one. Has the portal changed at all how you evaluate high school players, maybe those who have moved around in high school? No, not at all. At the end of the day, we, you know, you, you can't predict the portal. You, you just you recruit the high school players normally, or junior college players, exactly what you, you need. We, we look at numbers at each position that we feel like that we have to have uh, to, to have the kind of depth you've got to have on your football team so you don't get overloaded in different areas. Um, and so it hasn't, that hasn't changed anything as far as approach of how we recruit uh, unless you, know, you possibly pick up a transfer or something. That may change a number of a position that you may not take a high school player, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't change anything as far as the evaluation process and the selection process of a high school player. Okay, we'll go back here in the center section again. Uh, with Jay and the move to receiver, um, when that conversation began, I guess how was it initiated? Who was a part of it? Like, do you bring the family in, or do you just guys get together with like you and Coach McClendon and whoever else, uh, and say, "Hey, Jay, is this something you'd be interested?" No, in? No, I brought Jay in. Jay and I've got a great relationship, and we just had to talk about it. Where, you know, his role in the football team, and um, I didn't think it was very smart to have a guy that's a big, strong, really good athlete that runs extremely well um, that possibly could be standing on the sidelines. Uh, he helped us on special teams in the latter part of last season and a guy that, uh, that, again, athletically needs to be on the field somewhere. Uh, and, and, and Jay was all for it. James, he's a team guy, and there's nobody's going to work or attack the offseason harder than he is to do the things he's got to do to improve himself, to put himself in a position to help our football team. And that's what he's done. And we'll go all the way to the back of the right section. Uh, Josh Pate, WLTZ in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, Coach, Two-part question about recruiting. First off, if I were to ask you what is the recruiting blueprint right now for your program at South Carolina, what would that be? And part B, has that evolved any since the time that you first got there? 
Well, the recruiting blueprint hasn't changed at all as far as signing the best players uh, that fit what we want at the University of South Carolina by position. We have critical factors at each position, uh, whether it be size, speed, uh, the things that we're looking for on tape, flexibility, uh, combine numbers as far as shuttle, uh, vertical, broad, 40 time that, you know, that, that we want at each position. Uh, and then based on the evaluation from the film, from the transcript, from the character, from the high school coach, from the area coaches, uh, we have a pretty vast, you know, uh, process that we have that we go through in, in evaluating and in evaluating to sign the best players possible. Uh, I do think that the, uh, the long facility has helped us tremendously from a standpoint of the investment we've made in, in our football program that's helped us on the recruiting trail be able to attract some different guys. Uh, but, but our plan and our process has not changed at all from a standpoint of the type of young men we're looking for that can help us win an Eastern Division championship and win our state and win an SEC. Okay, we'll go back again to the center section towards the rear of the room. Will, you've talked a lot about the, the multi-year starters that came out of your first class in Columbia, but just what has it been like to watch Keel Pollard's journey and sort of where he's come and, and how he's kind of gotten there? Well, Kiel's been a guy that obviously came in and helped us as a true freshman from Moultrie, Georgia, over there in Colquitt County, and uh, helped us a lot as a true freshman, played mostly special teams. His role has continued to increase as he's moved into his sophomore and junior year, and I'm expecting him to have a great year. He's been a guy that's worked extremely hard uh, to be able to block at the point of attack to do some of the things we're going to ask him to do in the run game and in protection, and he's always been an elite route, route runner from the tight end position and a guy that can create some mismatches for us in the middle of the field. He's a great competitor. He works extremely hard. He comes from a winning program uh, over there at Moultrie, um, but he's got a great work ethic and a guy that we're excited about going into a senior year. Okay, we're going to stay in that same area in the center section. John Whittle, TheBigSpur.com. Uh, Will, you've mentioned the operations facility a couple times in, in next year's renovation to the stadium. Are there any other things that you need from a facility standpoint or an administrative support standpoint that can help you uh, advance the program further? No, I compliment. You know, Coach Tanner and I met yesterday, and, and uh, his support and, and our board support has been outstanding uh, to, to, to continue to further our program along uh, and where it needs to be. And that's, but that's, it doesn't stop. You've got to continue to invest. And we have different things, more, more things, in my opinion, we can do with our stadium moving forward. Uh, and uh, as far as our developmental part of our program, uh, the practice facilities, the weight room, all of those things are top-notch right now. But everybody else is trying to catch up. So you've got to continue to, to press the needle. All right, we'll go over here on the left-hand side alongside the wall. Hey, Will, y'all are playing more uh, neutral site games. I mean, y'all are playing Carolina, Carolina, Carolina to start the season in Charlotte. You've been on both sides of Georgia, Florida. And they, they're kicking around going away from a neutral site game for good. Did you ever imagine that that would be the case when you were in Gainesville or in Athens? No, I did not. Um, you know, from that standpoint, I think that, that game is a special game. I'd love to see it stay in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, uh, I've been on both sides of it, obviously. And, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously from a revenue standpoint, based on my understanding when I was at Florida, that was a better revenue situation for both schools. Uh, to have it there, and I, and I just think that that is taken away from what's really good about college football and the uniqueness of college football, and that game's part of it. I was a part of the Texas-Oklahoma game there at the fairgrounds, same situation. I mean, that's that's one of the special, special games in college football, and, and I hope they don't go to a home-and-home, -home personally. All right, we'll take one final question in the center section. 
Chris Marler, Saturday on South. Will you have uh, several prospects from Hammond right in Columbia this year, including one of the top overall prospects in the country. How, is import how important is it to open up a pipeline to a school like that? They got a pretty good quarterback, too. Any of y'all going to recruit him? Absolutely. No, uh, I, you know, again, I can't comment specifically, but they do have an outstanding program. Eric Henry is a really good football coach, and it's an outstanding school. And in any school that has a bunch of really good players, we'd like to open up a pipeline to all of them uh, in those situations. But uh, they certainly do a good job there at Hammond. All right, Coach Muschamp, thank you for your time. All right, go Cox.